0: This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by vo2gogo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training 4 years in a row. Visit vo2gogo.com/start for a free Getting Started in Voiceover online class that will help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's vo 2 start. start
1: Welcome to episode 165 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Algus. And on this podcast, we bring you interviews with working actors, writers, filmmakers, agents, managers, producers, casting directors, personal finance and fitness gurus, voiceover artists, and more. All of them uh, serving up insider tips on marketing yourself, creating your own work, and of course, booking the gig. It's knowledge bombs for everyone, crazy knowledge bombs. Straight from the people who've been there, done that, and are doing it again.
0: We are two dudes who started this thing because we were looking for the answers, and we were kind of sick and tired of being told we had to pay for it. So we decided to reach out to these people, give them a reason to sit down with us, record the whole thing, and make it free on the internet. And while all success stories are kind of built on a, a common foundation, there's no one right way to do anything. So if you hear something in this episode with which you agree or completely disagree... We want to hear from you. Send us an email, shoot us a tweet, comments on our website, leave us a voicemail. All that stuff goes to the same place, and you can start to find out all the different ways to get your voice on the show by going to our website, InsideActingPodcast.com.
1: And a bit later in today's episode, we'll have the third and final uh, part of Trevor's Chat with actress and content creator Bria Grant. It's a trilogy, and you just, you know, you got to finish the trilogy. So stick around for that.
0: Yo 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 yo. Hey, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm really good. I we we got a kitten. <laughs> you got a kitten. That's right, dude. What and what's his name again?
1: His name is Angé. I named him after the, uh, one of the forwards on the, on the Kings.
0: Angé. You literally found
1: a stray, right? Yeah, he was, he was crying on the street and Jasmine heard him, uh, coming home and she picked him up and she, (laughs) she opened the door and, uh, just had like this, these big, sad, innocent eyes. The cat, like, meowed and I just went, honey, do we have a cat?
0: <laughs>
1: so yeah, he's
0: I think it's I think it's more like the cat has some humans.
1: I know, right? Yeah, no, he's yeah. definitely in charge. Yeah. We've yeah. been we've been waiting on him hand and foot like like slaves.
0: <laughs> so so how does having a cat affect your career?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I'll tell you what, man. It 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 it, it kind of does because at least as a productivity thing, I do have to say that <clears throat> having something like this that's a a healthy distraction. I don't even want to call it a distraction. It's um, I want to spend time with him, and I want to make sure he's taken care of. So I get to do a better job of cleaning up the apartment and I get to do a better job of like, you know, taking things off the list so that I have, you know the time and space. To like, we made an appointment to take him to the vet. You know, it was a bit of a tangent, but he was walking right past me when we started recording, so I had to say something. <laughs>
0: he commanded
1: you. <laughs> he did. He's in yeah. charge. He's in charge.
0: Um, right on. Anything awesome. else going on in your in your world um, this week?
1: Had a couple of uh, meetings, and a couple more coming up, which is good. Just you know, cool. continuing the um, the uh, the the audition thing, and also. Continuing the thrival job search, I also got myself involved with a reading of a new musical, and well, that's sweet. Yeah, I was thinking about this, uh, <clears throat> thinking about this the other day as I was, I I was literally walking around the streets of New York, uh, having this 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 thought process. I was thinking about the fact that that's the kind of thing that that really happens. Far, 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 far more often in New York. In L.A., like, sometimes you, you might have, like, a, a, a... I mean, we've done it with the ensemble before. Like, um, you know, having uh, play readings and, you know, developmental work that gets that gets put up. You know, we had the script yard thing with, with the ensemble and that kind of thing. But here, the same thing happens, except that, like, a lot of them are musicals. Um, because... You know, people can sing, and you know, if people are composers or lyricists or whatever, they come to New York because that's where the that sort of energy exists. One of the advantages for me being here is the fact that I can sing. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? It gives me more opportunities to take advantage of that training. Uh, You've got a lot of talented musical theater people here because they gravitate toward the Broadway and opera. And the thing is, and I've talked about this before, but you know, because that talent is here, people book work all over the country and all over the world on like cruise lines and stuff like that from here because yeah, casting awesome. comes here to like the, uh, um, audition I had for ring of fire, uh, was for, you know, some theater in was a co-production between a theater in St. Louis and Cincinnati, but they cool. came here to do auditions. So, <clears throat> and that happens a lot, you know. Uh, I said I, I mentioned a buddy of mine that booked a show in Dallas, and et cetera, et cetera. So also, people gravitate here not only because of that talent, but be, but because of the culture or the context in, within which uh, this art gets created. Right. Yeah. So, so if somebody here's a question for you: if somebody <clears throat> was fresh out of college, had a
0: musical theater degree, and they said, you know, I want to be, I want to work consistently, I want to support myself with my art, L.A. or New York? It sounds like you. If they asked you that, you would say New York City all the way.
1: Well, uh, what I'm finding is that there's just more opportunities in in more areas. Like (laughs) there's just there's just you know it was one of the things that appealed my new agents to me so much. They basically they said it several times during our first meeting. They said, uh, uh, you know, we can submit you for Broadway stuff, and I'm like, cool. (laughs) So. uh there so not only am i going out for you know the, the film and television stuff like i was in la but i'm also auditioning for so I guess the the, the opportunity it sort of up the ante on the opportunities, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So in New York, your agents are submitting you across the board, like truly across the board: film, television, voiceover, they don't, theater, dance, singing.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not um, with them commercially, so they don't. Okay. I, I'm not getting submitted for commercials or voiceover. The voiceover auditions I've been getting have been coming through my my manager. Okay. Okay. But, but as far as like between musical, I'm sorry, I, I was probably totally
0: getting ahead of myself as far <laughs> as like your theatrical agents, they are submitting you for stage work, musical work, in addition to film and television. Correct. Yes. That's pretty cool. Cause you, yeah. you, you just don't have that really in LA. I mean, I've gotten right. a few auditions for some equity theater stuff, but it's re- it's like one out of every 15 or 20 TV and film auditions.
1: Yeah. There are fewer professional-level theaters in L.A. There's mostly just, like, a lot of 99-seat theaters. Yeah. Um, And then the professional-level theaters in Los Angeles typically um, have tours come into them, like the Pantages. Or they have um, theater companies that develop something and then sell the whole package, actors and all, to that particular, you know, venue. And then, you you know, so... <clears throat> yeah, that's been, that's been my experience, actually. The stuff that
0: I do go out for when it comes to theater, if it's through my agency, uh, I usually, it, usually it's like a, a show that's kind of like from Boston or from some other part of the country, and they come here to either cast or do some sort of regional version of it, and then it may go elsewhere. Um, but, right. But typically, it's, it's actually not typically kind of grown
1: here in L.A. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, what's going on? What's, what's been up with you this week? Mm, just writing man i'm writing i don't want to talk too much about it
0: before i before i've got the work to back it up
1: you're such a mystery trevor i know do you like that mystery oh you like that i do i do yeah okay (laughs) weird uh anyway cool man i got weird fast i got weird really fast so
0: We've got um, some time here to finally respond to some of these voicemails and emails we've Yay. been kind of accruing. Can
1: I? Can I? Can I do
0: Justin's first? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, my my um my vote is to tackle two of these. Okay. I think, and then really give them the time they deserve, and then jump into the interview. So yeah, let's start with Justin. Justin Nichols writes in and, and gave us a little kind of a uh, little kind of lesson on uh, step and repeat, which I. Either erroneously, like and maybe I made this up, or maybe I heard somebody else say this, and this is an alternate way to talk about it. But uh, why don't you give us a primer on um, Justin's <clears throat> step and repeat? Yeah, so lesson. he
1: he works for a company that makes the 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 banners or the I don't know what, I don't I mean they're called step and repeats for a reason, but he they you know I'm trying to think of another way to call them another name for them, like the marquees yeah. or the. Uh, banners or the montages or whatever that go behind the uh, actors and, and other creative professionals on the red carpet where they mm-hmm. take pictures. Um, Backdrop—that's a good word for it. Yeah, um, yeah. And they, w- you and I both. And I think, I think we may have gotten this from Tom, the artistic director of the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble. I'm pretty sure I heard him say it one time when we were at like a. A center theater group event or something, but basically you and I thought that, um, <clears throat> they were called step and repeats because the people who were on the red carpet would l- literally step and repeat, taking pictures t- doing interviews and then take a step and do it all over again. Like get their picture taken, do an interview, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It made sense to me, which does happen. That is, that is actually accurate, but that is not where the name came from uh, Justin actually works for the company that makes these backdrops, like I said before, and they're called Step and Repeats because the logos that are on them go in a stair-step pattern and repeat over and over and over again. <laughs> and that's why they're that's called awesome. Step and Repeats. Really hilarious. Made us feel dumb for a second, but then we just like <laughs> laughed at ourselves and thought it was like really cool that someone uh, uh, someone sent us that. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, man, we ask, you know, every episode we started off by saying, if you hear
0: something that you agree or disagree with that you think is wrong or whatever, like, let us know. And here's a great example. Here's a great example (laughs) of that where we were like, yeah, it's because you step and take pictures and repeat and do interviews and repeat. And it's not at all. I mean, that happens. Yeah. Like you said, but that's not, uh, that's not where it comes from. Right. You just learned something, everybody.
1: <laughs> you're, you're welcome, town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my vote
0: next is to, is to tackle this question from Joshua about, uh, thoughts yeah. on thoughts about multiple representation versus single representation.
1: Yeah, and you got um, clarification from him on this, right? About, uh, like, was he talking about different markets? I remember, it's been a while, but there was, like, an email exchange, right? Uh, um, there was. Uh, I don't have it. You know what?
0: I have it right here. Let me pull this up. <clears throat> yeah, he sent us this this question. and I just kind of was like, uh, I wanted to be sure we've got this right. So he says he's currently freelancing with six different reps, six, a few agents, a few managers, and he's been getting great auditions with most of them. Uh, a few he's about to end his working relationship with. He says they're all relatively small, mostly commercial stuff. <coughs> Uh, but it's been pretty good. So as far as markets go, he's pretty much in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, and all his reps are in New York City. But he has a few contacts in LA, but they're moving back to New York City soon. So he, I guess I guess it it doesn't actually span multiple markets, really. It just sounds like he's to me. It sounds like he's kind of freelancing or, or being hip pocketed almost with with a lot of these. Yeah. Well, the free, guys.
1: freelancing and hip pocketing are synonymous. I, I had a feeling he was from the East Coast because that's what they call it here. I don't know how that happened. I mean, who knows how the, you know, the etymology of 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 certain glossary terms in in this industry uh goes, but <clears throat> in LA we call it hip pocketing like you just said Trevor and then out here in New York they call it freelancing. It means the same thing. It basically means that an agent uh or manager or something is working with you submitting you, but you're not actually under contract with them. Like he doesn't have uh, a a contract like he hasn't signed contracts with this with this agency or or these agencies. He has to be working with six. I don't know. I have a few th- thoughts on this. I'm wondering what your what your thoughts are.
0: On uh, hmm, let's see here: <clears throat> multiple representation versus single representation. So, what are the the pros and cons? I guess. I mean, the pros. Obviously, he's already experiencing. He's getting a lot of auditions. He's kind of working with several people. So, essentially, he's got a, a team of people that may or may not know about each other. They're yeah. just kind of submitting him across the board. Um, which I don't know. I mean, that, that can that can go both ways. I don't think anybody would frown on on somebody, you know, freelancing with multiple people until he finds a good working relationship. But at the same time, what if these casting directors and and offices and things are getting several people submitting him for the same job?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I
0: don't, I don't yeah, I don't know what that would look like to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, don't imagine it would be bad. I mean, they'd probably just say, you know, it's another chance to get his face in front of them multiple times and, and they'd probably just kind of shrug it off and go, cool. You know, he's, he's busy. He's getting around, he's doing his job or his reps are doing their job. So, so I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't have a problem with it, but I do think there's a lot to be said for having a, de- a sort of committed developmental or non-developmental, but a, a committed relationship with, with, a, with one person. Um, because you kind of build up a level of trust, you build up a level of rapport, you build up a history together, and you can really develop a strategy. Whereas the multiple representation approach, to me, seems a little bit more like you know throwing pasta against the wall and seeing what sticks mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I, I don't see anything inherently wrong with it, but it, it seems a little bit kind of wide in scope as opposed to deep in scope if mm. if that makes sense yeah. I, I feel like you could probably get more done with a singular more focused strategy approach where you've got a plan and you're working you know kind of on on that plan with with a committed team rather than just kind of seeing what will land with with multiple people uh, I hope I'm interpreting your situation correctly, Josh. Please feel free to correct me if I'm not. But those are my those are my thoughts right off the bat. How about you, yeah. dude?
1: Well, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said that there are pros and cons to this. Like there are some there are definitely going to be some good things about this, and there are definitely going to be some things that are going to um, not basically not move him forward, not move you forward, Josh. So like. Like you, you mentioned the word team earlier, Trevor, and if they're not communicating with each other, it's not really a team. It's sort of like you and them, and then you and the next person, and then you and the next person, you and the next person, it's, they're not, they're not communicating with each other. So like, for instance, if my manager and agent want to submit me for the same thing, like they're in, they're, they are in communication about things. There, you know, I we submitted him for this, so don't submit him for this because you know they don't want to do the the double submission thing. There's a chance that he may be getting submitted multiple times for you know the same the same role, like you were saying, Trevor. And I don't know how a casting director, you know, would look at that. Yeah, um, that might, It might be a question that we ask, um, you know, the next casting director we have as an interview because I'm not I'm not really sure what what they how they might react or how they might look at that kind of thing i i can't imagine <clears throat> i can't imagine being a terrible thing but i also don't see it as like a good thing i don't i don't see it as a um sort of like an embarrassment of riches like oh this guy again uh, almost like almost <laughs> right. like you saying um uh, that rule of seven or whatever that we've talked about before about getting, yeah, getting yeah. your, you know, sending out a postcard to these specific people and making sure that you're reminding them who you are. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, um, I, I don't imagine that that's the way that you want them to remember your face is, I I got a submission from this agent and now I got a submission from this, and now I have a submission from this. Wait, who, who's, who am I talking to? Right, because who, it, who do I call? Exactly, there's this thing yeah. of like, who do I call? Like, if he does book it, like which one of these agents is actually getting this commission? <laughs> like, right. it does. It can lead to, um, you know, a bit of confusion. And then, you know, uh, at the end of the day, there is, you know, the thing that you said, Trevor, about the the, the wide scope versus the deep scope. I think that it's okay to do this kind of thing when you're looking for representation and you're looking to build a relationship and you're looking to figure out who you vibe with. But Mm -hmm. once you figure that out, then, you know, I would make a very concerted effort to be like, all right, this is the agency I want to work with. And then go to them and say like, you know, how about, you know, making this official? How about getting a contract? drawn up? How about like making this like what we do? And then from that point, at least in, in, in LA, it's a, I, I read through my contracts, um, with my new agent, So I know it's slightly different here in New York, but there's the 90 day clause where like, if they don't get you, if you don't book work in the first 90 days, you can, you know, get out of that contract and say like, all right, well, I guess, you know, this isn't going to work out because we're not creating the results that we want. Right, right. Um, and then maybe go to one of the other ones that you had a relationship with, that you were freelancing with. Like you said, Trev, it doesn't leave room for creating that that, that deeper relationship and strategy. I really like the word strategy, too. It's yeah. like It's like getting very specific about your materials, like you've talked about the last few episodes, and then using those materials to get you very specific um, meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that it 's all it 's all aligned, so yeah. To speak. yeah, I
0: think I think strategy is is absolutely essential, and it 's something that w- I think probably a lot of artists overlook, including myself maybe i 've said this in the show before, but there 's a saying something along the lines of and i constantly think of these sayings, and I butcher them, but here goes another attempt. The saying is something along the lines of a a a pint of sweat now is worth a bucket of blood later. I think that's the saying. Oh. And and what that means is if you just give yourself, you know, even just a few minutes right now to sketch out like a one page business plan, you know, like, this is what I feel my type is. This is what I want to book in the next 90 days, the next 60, or the next uh, 6 months, the next year. And here's my kind of action steps to get there. There are five things I'm going to do. I'm going to get my reel up on these sites. I'm going to get new headshots. I'm going to make, have a meeting with my manager. I'm going to talk about them with this stuff. I'm going to pick my Target CDs and I'm going to go to a few workshops and I'm going to do some postcards. Like you put together your plan, it, that'll take you no more than an hour, maybe at the most. That will save you so much kind of frustration and toil and wasted energy over the next few months, if you just create a sort of basic action plan. Hmm. And I think, you know, strategy is a great word for that reason, because it's like when you have a strategy that you're working, you don't have to think to you do all your thinking all at once and then you just work off a list the rest of the time. That's like a David Allen thing, a a getting things done thing. Yeah. I think that's, there's a lot to that. And, consolidating your energy and your efforts to working with a single team and developing a strategy together and then executing on that strategy and then reevaluating after 30, 60, 90 days I think is that that's kind of a fail-proof plan. The only way you can fail with that is if you don't listen to the feedback and make adjustments or you give up.
2: <laughs> so it's,
0: it's really pretty simple. Yeah, I think. So now that we're talking this out, I'm really think, I'm really leaning towards you know josh or whoever's listening in, in a similar situation taking this energy that he's using to kind of you know again see what sticks and really kind of figuring out what's working what's not and pairing it down to the team that he feels is going to be he or anybody listening will be the right fit for them right and then and then just you know concentrating your efforts and your energy and your time and and into that one thing and and develop a strategy because you could you could you could freelance and hit pocket you know for years and just have kind of vague results Yep. so josh uh awesome question man thank you so much for that we've we've never gotten that in 165 episodes we've never gotten that question
1: all right well hopefully that helped a bit josh um and uh thank you so much for writing in like trev said and uh um you know keep us updated I guess I would say. You know, let us yeah. know what uh, what ends up uh, coming of this because it's a really fascinating um, question, example, and, and something that, uh, you know, I think Trevor and I would be both interested in getting the update on. Absolutely. In the meantime, we've got to move ahead to our interview, well, Trevor's interview, part three, final part, sad day with Bria Grant. And enjoy this, and we'll catch you on the other side.
0: Interesting, too, because even from a strategy perspective, then you have the ability to kind of flesh out your resume with a wide variety of things,
2: exactly. So, if
0: you are sick of being typecast or niche which I think is a very good thing in the beginning mm-hmm. of your career, that's how people get started a lot oh, of times.
2: Oh, god, that's why people are always like so mad about it. I'm like, why are you mad? Like, you're being cast. I would, I played the quirky, like, you know, hyperactive girl for. I mean, I still play her. That's all I play. <laughs> like, you know, that's my role. I'm the alternative kind of quirky girl. There she is. I don't like,
0: believe you for a second. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. You're getting yeah. cast.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. But, but yeah, I mean, from a strategy perspective, it's like, it's like, cool. It's like, well, I'm not getting cast as this type of character, but I really know I could do it. I really yeah. feel like I could do it. I really would enjoy doing that. So you know what? Here's a short film. Bam, I did it. And now I can show that off. And you can slowly start to kind of change some minds exactly as it were
2: exactly and which is sort of why i mean that was one of the reasons vera and i when we did best friends forever we kind of swapped the roles that we normally play like she played the more like alternative best friend and i got i played the leading sort of like um inner turmoil person which is not something i get to play very often like get Mm. to like go and like be like have like a lot of issue inner issues like i usually as me as a person, I tend to wear my shit on my sleeve. And so I think that just translates into my acting. So it was really fun. That was, like, something I too. do. So when people need to see me do this, like, dramatic stuff, I send them to see my movie.
0: That's so awesome.
2: Yeah. Right I don't know. It all comes back to like, do what makes you happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bam. There it <laughs> you is. You just do what
2: makes you. Make, if you want to make a web series, do it. If you don't, don't don't do it. That's, yeah. It's too much trouble.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It is a lot of work. Make no mistake about that. Yeah. yeah. It really yeah. is. Cool. Uh, well, we're, we're almost out of time, but I have a few more questions I want to ask you okay. because we've only really talked about your acting stuff. But I know you do a lot of stuff outside of the acting world. I mean, like you oh, said yeah. earlier, you're, you're pretty into gardening. <laughs> um Tell you us know, about been gardening
2: lately. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to like, if acting as a profession went away mm. tomorrow, what would you spend your time doing? Uh, I
2: don't know. Um, I used to say, I used to say accountant because I used to, I do love, it's very weird. I'm not a person you would imagine this, but I love, um, organization and, um, numbers. So I used to say accountant when people would ask me that question, but I've kind of gone away from that. I don't feel like that would be it anymore. I don't know. I, um, <laughs> this is kind of, I recently when I was having a bad day, I went and looked into applying, um, going back to school to be a nurse or a doctor to work in geriatric care. Really? Yeah. My father has Alzheimer's and he um he got it about two years ago and he's seventy four and so I spend a lot of time with people in their seventies and eighties. Um, like a lot of my Friday nights, I'm there, uh, playing card games and stuff with people in their seventies and eighties and I found that it it um I don't know. It just made me slow down and made me realize a lot of things like what's important and what's not important. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I learn a lot from them, even though like most of them don't really have their capacity, (laughs) all their mental capacities about them. I still feel like they say such shit where I'm like, God, you're right. Like, like like they know what's important. Like my dad recognizes me at this point, but sometimes he gets confused, but he knows he loves me. And that's like, isn't that what really matters? And so like, I and I feel like there's a big, I've become more of an advocate for um, people in, in the Alzheimer's community and um, gotten more involved in that. And so I don't know. That is something I'm actually pretty passionate about. I'm just probably not the question you thought you were going to get. <laughs> you can leave now. No, but, um, that's really cool. I, I think really that there's cool. definitely like um, in our country in particular, we have like such a lack of respect for people, older people, and we have such a. Um, there's such an absence of care for people of that age and it's happening. I don't know how, how old are your parents?
0: Uh, about 10 years younger than yours. Yeah.
2: So most yeah. people's parents are a little bit younger than mine, but when your parents get to their seventies and eighties, you have to become an advocate for them. And there's no system to help you take care of them. There's nothing to teach you that stuff. And it's just like, and it's going to be a big problem when that age gets there because the baby boomers there's so many of them. And we just don't, we literally don't have the capacity to take care of them at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And our culture doesn't have any sort of weird sort of social infrastructure with which to value them.
2: Exactly. Which is the sad thing. So much value. We just
0: kind of like shut them away and forget about them. Right. Cause we're like, oh, the- weird.
2: You like, don't know how to take care of yourself. And you say the same thing over and over again. It's like, yeah, but what, this, sh- this what they like are saying is important. It's just like, maybe not with words.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I, that is such a weird answer i realize no but that's amazing i don't i know like um for, also for a while i was like i'm gonna be a librarian that's but that's like one of those careers just going away um i uh, i don't know if you have these days but there are these days where i'm super depressed about my life <laughs> I'm like i hate being in this industry it's fucking sucking my soul out and i'm waiting around for a bunch of people to never return my phone calls i still feel like this on a day-to-day basis and i'll go and i'll start looking up i'm like what are the jobs can i do what what am i qualified to wow. do and that's when i like but i figured it's really hard to be a doctor <laughs> <laughs> obviously everybody knows that but i i was like oh i'd have to go back and okay so i really wouldn't become a doctor for like eight eight years. And I was like, that's a right. really long time to,
0: it's kind of like making three movies back. To yeah. Back. It's like
2: making, it's like a lot of time and yeah. I'm actually not that good at science. What would you do? What's your thing?
0: I don't know. I've thought about this a lot. I think I would probably go into some sort of like psychology oh, yeah. um, thing. Yeah. I'm really fascinated by the way the brain works and just the, the, the sort of weird kind of processes that, that, make us human Mm -hmm. like pattern recognition and just like the way we think about people and the the things we latch on to and why we latch on to them. And
2: Oh my God. Something I think about, trust me when you hang out with people with Alzheimer's, this is what I think about all the time because it's like the things that they fixate on or the things that they talk about from their past. You're like, why is that the moment you remember and not this other moment? Or why is it that when I ask you this question, you answer this answer every single time? Like, what is that about it? Or like, I don't know. I don't, I, yeah. The brain is a very fascinating thing. And, um, yeah. I think there's so much we have, we need to learn about it. And I think, um, and, and actors, that's such an interesting, I mean, of course you want that. Cause you're like, you know, like actors, We sure. have to think about psychology all the time. It's kind of the same vein. yeah. And we have to learn to control our brains so much, control our thoughts and control our emotions. And like, that is such a weird thing as a, to, as a human to have to mm-hmm. do. Like how bizarre is that?
0: Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, second question uh and this is totally unrelated to what we were just talking about okay but uh you're a big fan of horror yeah do you find that that is an easier way sort of in so to speak um when it comes to the the acting filmmaking thing
2: so i think people used to say this i think people used to say like horror you don't need a star name so they're more likely to take chances on unknown actors like my first movie ever was a horror movie right i'm and i'm a lot of actors get their start doing horror movies I don't know if it's an easier end because I feel like there's more movies being made than there used to be because um, there's such a, like, democratization of technology at this point. Like, it means so easy to make a movie that other people are making movies about other things. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it an easy way in. I do think if you're passionate about horror, the horror community really takes you in because I will do a horror movie – and then I'm doing with people who don't like horror, and I just get so mad because I just I can tell I'm just like oh you don't you don't like this like which bums me out as like a fangirl. Mm-hmm. I'm like well why don't you you need to do shit that you like doing don't take this job because you think it's gonna like make yeah. you famous in the horror community and because all you're gonna have if you get jobs in the horror community it will lead you other jobs in the horror community for sure but if you don't like doing that then don't do it because like you're you don't want to end up doing a shit ton of stuff in the horror community if it doesn't excite you. Yeah. that's my opinion about it i guess cool i cool. but i i love it i love working in the horror community i love the blood and guts i love it's so fun and silly to me like the whole like, it's it's exciting and silly all at the same time and like i just did this thing and they like had to slash my neck i hope i just didn't give away something but they slashed my neck and then my they like this blood like spritz up like over and over again and like it started filling up my ear and i was like cracking up and I started, I started broken. i broke and started cracking up. And I was like, "All oh, right, This is why I do this. Cause it's like so silly that it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That stuff is so much fun. I did a short film recently where I got to stab a guy in the neck with a nail. Oh yeah. Go and ahead. we had, he had this blood, um, what do you call him? Blood, uh, oh shit. What's the word for it? Blood gun or whatever they're called. Just sure, Yeah. Uh, like wired up through his neck and the makeup chick was behind him and she was, gonna you know press the thing and, and it was like angled at me i was like great i'm gonna do this and get you know squirted in the face all his blood and it ended up just kind of like dribbling down right, his neck and it never works the way it's supposed never worked the way it's supposed to, to. No, no, it looked no, it looks no. cool That's in the end fun. but but it was it was fun to kind of like feel the blood going over my hand knowing this was like this intense moment and yeah. i was like this is cool
2: yeah and you really get to step outside of yourself yeah, like i mean yeah. i like i love doing very real realistic acting but i i too love doing heightened stuff which is why i loved heroes because it's so heightened it's so ridiculous like I was super fast on the show and like I had all these like crazy, I was like really high strung kind of, and it was just like, I love doing that kind of like high intense emotional stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's,
2: yeah. We don't get the opportunity to do that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I scream at y'all all the time, but I try not to.
0: Um, second question that's sort of on along the lines of that. And then I have just a, a couple more that we usually wrap up with. Uh, I've read somewhere that you believe in ghosts.
2: Did I believe in ghosts?
0: Did I did I misread that? Or that you're somewhat into ghosts?
2: No. Well Is that
0: part of the horror thing that I was
2: n- maybe. I'm re- I am into horror horror okay. ghosts and things. I do a podcast called Mystic Party. Uh-huh. And it is a improvised comedy podcast, but it's horror based. So we do like so my brother. It, and i do it together and he says that he's an occult expert and i call myself a psychic i do not believe i'm a psychic in real life okay. <laughs> but i pretend to, i play Maybe a psychic named bria grant on the show so it's very confusing like people keep being like but do you think you're a psychic i'm like no i don't think i'm psychic and i don't know if i believe in ghosts i just like talking about ghosts i like talking about okay in the same way like a real housewives a horror i like comedy and and horror world i like mixing those two worlds because i think it's really funny i love ghost jokes ghost jokes are some of my favorite jokes ghost jokes <laughs> oh yeah ghost jokes Just, oh, i love ghost jokes what's a good ghost joke? i well, never heard a ghost joke snl like had this had this thing where it was like guardians of the galaxy and then they all then they were all dressed as ghosts it's so stupid but that will make me laugh for like a really long time <laughs> i don't know why my boyfriend is always like of course you love this joke Of course you love this like stupid like horror joke it right on i love horror comedy Cool. Um, so I don't know, I don't believe necessarily in ghosts, but, um, we can get really into it if you want to. Cause I believe like the brain is really powerful. So that's, like
0: I a, do, I do too. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. believe
2: there's, I guess if I believed in anything, I believe in like more poltergeists. Okay. <laughs> that's so crazy. But I do believe like we have the ability to manifest things. And mm. I believe that our, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so <laughs> stupid. <All right. laughs> I just believe that we have powers beyond what we know
0: sure sure well there's the brain thing yeah, totally. yeah the brain the brain's powerful, totally. more powerful than we know uh, what are you working on now what projects besides Real Housewives
2: yeah Real Housewives is taking on. up so much of my time right now um, I just wrapped a movie called Worry Dolls it's a horror movie um, Patrick Reynolds directed it who I love he did this movie called Rights of Spring a few years ago um, which was awesome and beautiful horror movie um, and that should be out soon Pitch Perfect 2 I am in that it comes out next year and um, I just wrapped on a show called East Siders. It's a web series. My friend mm-hmm. Kit did. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm in the second season playing a lesbian mother, which I loved. Um, and my friend Vera, who made my, the movie Best Friends Forever With Me, plays my wife. So it was literally perfect. Because like, once you've made a movie with someone, you kind of are married. Like you, you just have so much. So yeah, because you guys
0: co-wrote, co-directed, co-produced. I, it was or? co-wrote
2: and um, she produced and I directed Okay, cool. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Um, and co-starred. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I've been really busy lately. What I feel like I just oh, and I just wrapped on another, another movie called The Devil's Carnival Two, which is a horror rock opera. Wow. Um, the Devil's Carnival is Darren Bowsman who did Saw and yeah. um, Repo: The Genetic Opera. He does these movies Ugh. called Devil's Carnival. Talk about like taking back your career. He is a f- fucking inspiration. He's so great. He um, uh, did these the Saw movies, got really big, huge, blew up. You know, like indie guy blew, blew up, um, and then like just like couldn't get the shit made he wanted to get made so he did this movie repo genetic opera and it was like this repo the genetic opera i guess is called it. and um and it's like a horror rock opera horror rock opera and it was cool and great but i think it was like kind of a it was so weird you know and so no one would let him make another one i think and so we started making these movies called the devil's carnival and it's just him his wife produces they're big, they're decent sized, but they're, and then he, but he makes them like kind of indie style and then takes them on tour and goes and meets with his fans because he's so many fans from Repo that they like just come out in hordes and like sing along. They already know the songs before the movies come out. So amazing. So I went to the premiere of the first one and I saw in there and I was like, I want to be in the next one. <laughs> I was like, D- I'll hold a boom pole for you. I just think what you're doing is inspiring because you're really like, you know, your fan bases and you're making shit for them. And that's all it is. That's all yeah. it is. You just know who likes the shit you make and you make shit just for them.
0: You're giving your customers what they want. Yeah,
2: exactly. And he loves making it. And he's like, a, he's a musical nerd. Like He's a music nerd who loves horror. Like, so he's literally making the best thing he can make. So I just wrapped on that. Um, like oh, a few so weeks ago, cool before I did Bory Dolls. So, yeah, and I think that it's supposed to be out pretty quick in the next couple... Of, he does them real fast, like couple next couple of months.
0: Sweet. It's cool. So you got a lot going on. Yeah,
2: I'm like unrecognizable in that. I play like a hell doll, and I have like this crazy purple hair. Really that sounds fun.
0: like so much fun. So though.
2: fun, but I get to sing, and I'm like... That's cool. You know, like... Talking a German accent, it was great.
0: And what's cool about that too is that you just were not afraid to just go right up to them and be like, "I love your stuff. Yeah. I want to work with you. Yeah. I'll do whatever you need me to do." Yeah. What what needs to happen? What
2: what is it? Yeah. I mean, I will say that like I have the benefit of being a, a small blonde girl, and that like means I can go up and talk to most people because <laughs> they're not scared <laughs> I'm going to like attack them. Right. I know that sounds so shitty, but I do no, like. I, I don't sense. deny that benefit that I am like a, a small person yeah. with a high pitched voice, so I'm never going to be like whatever. But I I yeah, and I am. I I'm not afraid to fangirl out. I think fan fanning out, being a fan is really important. I'm a huge fangirl of so many things, and I'm the first person to write that person an email, follow them on Twitter, and say, like, I love your shit, I want to do stuff with you, or I just want to follow what you do. Like, I don't care if you don't put me in your shit. I'll still be at your premiere. I'll still download your shit on the internet. Like, that is it's so important to support each other and let people know. Cause when someone says that says that to me, it's like, that makes my week. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I got to keep doing this. I can't believe someone likes something that I did. Like we don't need to hold back our compliments. Like just tell people when you love them, like tell people you love their shit. Like that's why they make it. Wow. Amen. Right.
0: Yeah. And how flattering is that too? So you know?
2: flattering. It's never weird. And if someone, you know, there are people you say stuff, that stuff too. And then they act weird. And I'm just like, whatever. They liked it. Like, yeah. <laughs> They yeah. did. They loved it, I and mean, it's least why yeah. we do the things we do. It's so, and like, it makes you feel better. Like, yeah. I got an email this week as someone who was like, "I love Real Housewives of Horror." I love the pilot, and I was just like, "Thank God," because I'm working around the clock right now to get this shit done. Like, to go, we go into production in like three days, and like, I, I just hope I'm doing this for a reason besides like my own like <laughs> ego. Mm-hmm. Like, or I guess that still is feeding my ego, but I just, and it's like, yay, thank you, that like helped encourage me for the next you know day or two, next yeah. hour, next year or whatever.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. That's really yeah. cool. We, we talked about, you know, building relationships and what the kind of, hmm, I, this is going to sound weird, but like what the kind of quickest way to establish rapport is. Yeah. And a lot of times it's just like, do a little bit of research mm-hmm. on the person that you want to meet. And when you meet them, just bust it out. You know, like, yeah. Hey, I loved this program, this project you did. I love this thing you did. Uh, and it's like instantly that person's flattered and you've got a connection with them because it's I, like, Oh God, you know about me right. and you've seen my work and you're, right. and,
2: and there's so many people making yeah. stuff now. And like, yeah. I and mean, we're all fans. Like we all live in the fan world. Like I, I watch so much stuff. Like I watch web stuff all the time. I watch television. All I watch movies, you know, like I know you should tell those people you like their shit. Like tell them you like it, follow them on Twitter, like give them a thumbs up and favorite their stuff. Like it makes people happy and feel better. And it's a, yeah, it's a great way to reach out to people for sure.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Right on. Yeah. So we have two questions that we wrap up every interview with. Okay. And these are always a lot of fun. They always get interesting answers. Oh. So the first one is, do you feel like this career path? You probably already answered this, but do you feel like this career path chose you or that you chose it?
2: Oh, well, now that you say it all like, like you know, like that, it makes me go like, well, I'm me. Um, no, I think I probably chose it and like, in some way, like shoehorned my way into it. <laughs> like, you know, whether or not it likes me at you first. You will have me. Uh, you were going to like me. I'm going to be successful. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I... Yeah, I I feel like I chose I chose to to do it awesome. in a lot of ways. Just because I feel like I and and maybe not but I feel like I went out of my way to make sure it happened. Yeah. Which I feel like there you have to do that. You can't expect I feel like when I moved to LA, I saw all these people who were like, but I'm like, really, they just like expected someone to walk up to them on the street and go like you, you're going to be a star. And like that shit happened maybe in the 1930s, but like, yeah. it doesn't happen yeah. anymore. <laughs> like there's no guy smoking a cigar. The head of MGM is going to like see you and put you in all the movies. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think in a lot of ways we have to choose it.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's one of the things that really inspires me about you is that you are just like, I made, I to make it happen. I know I have what it takes. I'm, I know it's what I want and. I'm just going to demonstrate that.
2: Oh, okay. And like, I just, you know,
0: <laughs> it's, it's such a simple equation, but so few people do it because of fear, because of intimidation, because of, because it um, is scary. I mean, yeah. like, I,
2: I mean, and I'll be the first person to say, like, there are so many days where I'm like, Oh my God, I, I what, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I pursuing something that's so hard and scary and difficult? But you know, you just have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you just do it. Cause like, what else are you going to do? Sit on the couch and,
0: and wait for the phone to ring. Right, yeah. Wait for the room. Yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. Cool. And the second question is if you could take all your experience, everything with your DIY stuff to the acting work you've done to auditioning, to just the whole gamut, the whole kit and caboodle. I've never said that before. Out loud. I like it. Um, and, and condense it down into one nugget of advice to pass on to somebody, maybe walking the path behind you. What would that nugget, that one nugget of advice be?
2: Okay, I know this. <laughs> someone told me this, and I, w- I didn't understand it at the time. But when I was on Heroes, um, someone said, who you are right now is who you're always going to be. And you are you. So if you, tomorrow, become the lead in the next you know, Hunger Games or whatever, you are still you. And if you're not happy with you... You're not going to be happy with you in Hunger Games. You're still going to be depressed with you. and You're not going to like you. You're still not going to feel fulfilled. Because I think a lot of actors have this... They think, and I think I thought this for a long time, that if I could just get here this thing I'll be happy and I'll tell you I've gotten that thing like I personally have achieved goals that I was like I want to be on a show I was on a show and I wasn't happy because I did I took for granted all of the wonderful things that were happening to me and kept looking for something else because I wasn't being happy with myself so I think you have to be happy with where you are and who you are right now because you're never going to change because you do something in the in the Hollywood (laughs) In fucking Hollywood, are you kidding? It's not going to make you a better person. And in fact, it'll probably make you a worse person. So you better be happy now because those goals, they're nothing. They're nothing. Mm. They're not going to make you better. They're good. It's good to have goals. It's good to have things you want to do, but it doesn't change who you are. Hmm. Does yeah, that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
0: The personal okay. work is really the most important stuff. It's
2: so important. And that
0: informs your, your, you know, your artistic work anyway. So it's Absol- like, you, yeah. yeah,
2: absolutely. The guy who told me he'd gone, he had, um uh, he'd gone, he was on a show with me and he had gone um on, he'd sailed him by himself from like Hawaii to, california or something and he was like yeah and at the end it turned out i was still me i hadn't (laughs) like achieved i achieved this thing but it it didn't make me a different person and i was like at the time i was like i don't know that but like but later i was like oh right because like you achieve these things and you think you're like now i'm gonna be happy and it's like no no you that's not gonna make you happy like if you're not happy now you're probably not gonna be happy when that happens you better be happy right now because you're going to have so many more worries when that shit happens.
0: Yeah. Happiness is a practice, really. I agree. Yeah.
2: I, it's totally, you choose that. Happiness is a total choice.
0: Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, there's no better way to end uh, than on that. Okay. If people want to find out more about you, connect with you online. I know you're on Twitter. You've got yeah. a Facebook page, a website. I
2: don't do Facebook. Isn't that weird? You don't um, do Facebook? Mm-mm. I, I thought I saw, oh, uh, okay. well, I'm making things up. I have a secret Facebook page that you may have seen.
0: Oh. So don't tell anybody. Well, I, um, maybe I may be an insider. <laughs>
2: it's my one, it's my one uh, secret thing. Um, Yeah, I do um twitter at brie grant and then i try to update my website Brea grant but um briegrant.com but the best place is yeah probably twitter
0: okay cool and of course your mdb profile we'll have links to all that on our on our website oh fantastic for people to check out so make sure you guys uh listening uh give brie a shout and follow her because she's going to be obviously up to some really cool stuff in the near stuff. near future yeah cool Bree, thank you so much for taking the time to be here yeah thanks so for awesome. having me
1: Hey everyone, welcome back. And uh, we we don't need to say I hope you dug because let me just say that like her response or the response to her and her episodes on Twitter and Facebook and everything has been awesome. Like people people are like really really digging this uh, interview series. So uh, congrats to her. Congrats to you, Trev. Well done, Why, thank you. Well done, bringing that in, bringing uh, bringing in that uh, that interview, and uh, doing such a good job. Uh, really allowing her. I mean, look, I don't know if uh, it would have mattered, but you really allowed her to be herself and like just have a um, I don't know a forum on which to just lay out some uh, some knowledge bombs and really talk about her her journey so yeah you know she's one of those people where you, like I, I think i said this last episode she's one of those people where you just
0: feel like you you know her you you meet her and within like two three minutes it feels like you guys have been friends for 10 15 years she just has a way of putting people at ease and i do want to just give a quick uh hat tip to helena santos levy who who really was the person who hooked this uh this interview up so thank you helena for making this happen uh, yeah, and, uh, there's so much I want to, like, just recap that we just heard in her interview, but I'm going res- <laughs> to restrain myself.
1: Well, uh, you know, you heard, you, our listeners heard it in the, uh, in the interview and anyone yeah. who's a, a patron will get it in the, uh, in the, the notes that you put together. In the, in, the, in the insider notes. The insider notes, which, uh, yes. are looking sweet.
0: Thanks, man. Uh, We've gotten some feedback. You know, a few people have written in and said they really enjoy them and I've had a few people write in and say, you know, they're cool, but they're not. I'm not really going to use them probably. And that's exactly the kind of feedback that we're looking for with these. Is it is it a waste of, of time for us to put these together, or is it something that you guys are really going to dig? Uh, either way, it will determine the future of the Insider Notes. <laughs> it's in your hands.
1: Oh, that's funny. What's your pick of the week, man?
0: <laughs> All right. My pick of the week is a show called Nice Things. It's over at Rogue Machine Theater in... Um, I, I don't know if it's technically Hollywood. It's on Pico somewhere here in L.A. I saw uh, our friend, Michael Hansen, in a show over there. I and love it,
1: Michael Hansen. He's yeah, he, so and, you know, talented. Dude,
0: he really is talented. He's, he's a workhorse. He's talented. He's constantly in motion. And I saw him in this show. And, uh, you know, when you go to 99-seat theater, a lot of the times you just you kind of come in with that sort of, well, I shouldn't say other people. I'll speak for myself. I often go to 99-seat theater coming in with that sort of attitude of just like, okay, I'm going to see a subpar theater production. you know They have limited resources in terms of lighting, in terms of materials, in terms of their access to designers and directors and things. And I got to recognize that that was a bias that I was coming in with, and I got to completely... Let it be defeated by the excellence of the work that I saw. This show called "Nice Things" is uh, and, and explores uh, an aspect of the war in, Af- in Iraq and Afghanistan and the Middle East and all this stuff, but from a unique perspective I've never thought of before, from the perspective of the military recruiters that you see in like shopping malls and stuff. Hmm. You, know, you go to the mall and you yeah. see those like little. Little storefronts that you know would the you know come like be all you can be in the army kind of deal, and yeah. you go in and you can fill out an application. it was like from the perspective of one of those recruiters and it, it talked about some interesting things. there was a unique situation with a guy trying to get her to admit that she lied and it, it was just it was an excellent show. I was completely drawn in and blown away and I have sort of a personal love-hate relationship with Rogue Machine because they spanked us at the ovations
1: a few oh, years ago. Oh, yeah, Small Engine Repair.
0: That show, Small Engine Repair, spanked gospel according to the first squad. We were nominated in almost all the same categories, and they won everything. Uh, and we didn't. But, you know, <laughs> it's just an honor to be nominated, right? Um <clears throat> Um, but you know, they, they do such excellent work over there. Rogue Machine's awesome. And this show is no exception. So check it out. Nice things over at rogue machine theater. I think it's only running for a few more weeks. So hit up our website for the link to that.
1: Awesome. What's your, uh, well, I'm looking at
0: your pick of the week, what? Yeah. You know tell our listeners. You know,
1: what's funny is every once in a while you and I will like pick something from the same medium. Yeah. Like we'll be, you know, it'll, it'll be like me doing like, you know, um, website or service or app or something for a while and you doing like music or podcast or book or whatever and then all of a sudden you know we'll both pick a tv show or we'll both pick a book or we'll both pick a um a play and in this case we both pick plays it's funny because you have to be in la i guess to go see nice things i had <clears throat> uh, a little bit of a hesitation on picking my pick of the week because you technically had to be in new york but then i was like no there's a way around this so jasmine and i went to see uh hedwig and the angry inch on broadway it's it's first time on broadway but it was nominated in all of the revival categories because it had an off-broadway run before uh, uh-huh. uh, its first the first time it had an off Broadway one was in 1998 so it was created by this guy named John Cameron Mitchell he created it, he created the character, he wrote the, all the music um, and it's basically a one man sh- it's like a one man show kind of but a Two man show. there's like a second actor that's in it. The main character is a man who plays a woman and the secondary character is a woman who plays a man. The music is all awesome. it's like a, it's a throwback to like '70s, sort of like 70s glam rock, punk rock, um, that kind of thing. And you know it's been around for a long time and anybody who's in musical theater you know knows about it and has heard it and, and, and knows the story behind it. But I figured if there were people out there who still hadn't been introduced to it, then here's uh, how it's going to happen. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. AJ's Pick of the Week on episode 165 of Inside Acting. So awesome. no. on our website, uh, I included the link to the, um, the movie on IMDb. So you can find the movie somewhere. I, I actually didn't check to see if it was on any of the streaming services. Um, as well as the cast album for Broadway. Which ha- uh, has Neil Patrick Harris, uh, who was on the uh, original cast recording. Jasmine and I saw Michael C. Hall actually.
0: No uh, way.
1: Yeah, and he was fan freaking tastic. He was amazing. It was oh, cool. It was incredible. And I and I didn't know that he. I didn't realize that he was such a, a song and dance man. He 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 played Billy Flynn in uh, Chicago in the in the Broadway revival of Chicago. He played. Um, what was the, uh, the other one? Oh, yeah, the MC in uh, Cabaret, uh, in, a, yeah. in a Broadway revival of Cabaret. And and, yeah. now, and now this. So, um, uh, you know, obviously we both think the world of him as, as an actor, um, as do, you know, many, many other people. But there was something about this character, and I don't want to give too much away for people who don't know the story, but the character goes through a lot physically and emotionally and mentally. And there was something very meta and interesting and beautiful about the fact that you're sitting there watching him just kick ass in this all out rock the house production and like it must be exhausting and he's putting everything into it and he's in great shape and we're sitting there thinking man this guy survived cancer
0: (laughs) Mm, you know mm -hmm. there
1: was something very beautiful about that it added this sort of extra element to it and um i just thought he did an amazing job so my pick of the week is actually that, but since uh, not everybody is in <laughs> New York, um, you know, there is a movie of it that's starring John Cameron Mitchell, um, and you can get the soundtrack for the movie on iTunes. You can also get the soundtrack for the um, cast recording with Neil Patrick Harris from Broadway um, on iTunes, so
0: awesome did you there ever you see did you ever see the movie gamer with um gerard butler
1: i didn't but i know what scene you're referring to and i actually saw that on youtube before we went to see uh the the show he does like a musical
0: number oh god michael C. how like i've only ever known him as dexter until i saw that that uh that that's him in that movie and he was great he was just very sort of dancey musically but in like a creepy evil way and and then just to see, to hear that he, I had no idea he was doing Headwig in the Angry Inch. That's so cool. I have a whole new level of respect and fandom for that guy now.
1: Yeah, he's incredible. And if you had seen the show, your fandom and respect would be through the roof. I mean, oh, he's, man. he's up there for me now that I've seen it. He's, he's up there with Hugh Jackman.
0: Yeah. I was going mean. to say, he's kind of a triple threat like that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he's incredible. We have a a listener pick uh, from uh, our patron. Is this our patron, Jenny? Uh, This is our patron, Jenny. Yeah, Jennifer Green. Uh, And uh, it's a book, right? Yeah. Ex-Heroes? Yeah. uh, She said uh, she's not really into zombie stories, but uh, she really liked what she really... Wait, but this one really was like the front quote said, A Cross Between Walking Dead and X-Men. That sounds awesome. I yeah. love both of those things. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, I think anyone who knows the LA Hollywood area would enjoy it because they really cover the landscape post zombie apocalyptically if that's a word that she just made up, which is awesome, apocalyptically. Hey, we we know what uh, she needs. Of that area. I only vague, vaguely know it. It's, uh, I'm from Riverside mostly. Oh, yeah, I grew up in Victorville. Uh, well done, Jenny, growing up in the IE and surviving. Um, <laughs> so I guess it takes place in uh, the L.A. Basin, but it's like a zombie apocalypse thing. With superheroes. With superheroes. That sounds yeah. awesome. I, okay, yeah. It's called X-Heroes. Check it out. Uh, I guess we'll link to it through uh, our Amazon affiliate link right yeah yeah yeah. if you if you
0: uh, decide to pick that book up and you use the link on our website we'll get uh, a few pennies from amazon uh for making the connection and of course it's an easy way for you to support the show Woohoo! yeah so that's nice things at rogue machine hedwig and the angry inch uh, on broadway in new york city and x heroes which you can find online and they all sound like well i know one of them's awesome the other two sound great too so (laughs) yeah Awesome. Awesome. So uh, we have a few thank yous here before we wrap up. Sarah Beth Gower, longtime listener, actress, producer. I, I did a reading of a, of a feature film she's working on. Um, very cool, smart girl. You've gone to coffee with her, I think, before, yep. AJ? Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah's awesome. She sent us a really wonderful, generous donation. So thank you so much, Sarah, for this unexpected and wonderful uh, act of generosity. It goes right back into making the podcast bigger, better, faster, stronger. Everything. And then we also got a really generous donation from Daryl Miller, who also, in addition to sending us a generous one-off donation, also signed up as a patron at the kind of top level. So uh, really, really thankful to have his support. And my screen just went to sleep, but now it's back awake, <laughs> and Daryl is a SAG-AFTRA-eligible actor. Over the past four years, he's been cast in over 20 projects... That's a nice track record you got going there, dude. Uh, most notably, he was in Persons of Interest, uh, 2010, directed by Sean Relif- Reliford? Uh I think I'm saying that right. Ides of March, directed by George Clooney, some dude named George Clooney. Who? And Last Kind Words, directed by Kevin Barker. That's 2010, 11, and 12, respectively. <coughs> uh, Daryl was born in Roswell. So he was born. Uh, yeah, yeah. The son of a military father and mother. I wonder if they have anything to do with uh, <laughs> the reverse engineering of alien technology. Uh, I digress. Uh, Daryl has lived in New Mexico, England, New York, California, Hawaii, Texas, Germany, and Arizona. In addition, he travels extensively to broaden his experiences and understanding of different cultures, which I can totally be on board with. He says from diving the Red Sea in Egypt... To touring Europe, to skiing the Andes of Chile, to trekking in Japan, to visiting indigenous people in Indonesia and the South Pacific. God, that's amazing. You're living my dream life, Daryl. Uh, when not traveling the world, uh, he can be found playing with his wife and children in South Lake Tahoe, California, or, I'm sorry, and or Cincinnati, Ohio. So. Uh, obviously a very accomplished and exciting person to be in touch with so find out more about daryl on our website as well as a a link to his his stuff his website uh, ways to get in touch with him daryl thank you for your love and support
1: all right we ready to wrap this baby up i think we are okay cool inside acting is of course produced by trevor algett and yours truly AJ Meyer. We also co-host this bad boy together. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. C- Cesar Gamiño is our technical producer. Gdali Gubrick is our marketing and web director. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. Uh, you can sign up for our free weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or pretty much wherever you download these things called podcasts. This episode of Inside Acting was made possible by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. If you want to learn your lines, be off book for auditions, explore your character, and make stronger choices, guess what? There's an app for that. Rehearsal 2, download it now at RehearsalTheApp.com download. That's RehearsalTheApp.com download.
0: And of course, uh, this episode is also made possible by listeners like you. If you love Inside Acting and want to keep the show going, sign up as a monthly patron and get cool perks like access to an exclusive, coming soon, online patron-only mastermind group, a shout-out on the show, show website and newsletter, freebies and discounts on merchandise and other upcoming podcast offerings, and more. Just visit us online at InsideActingPodcast.com and click on the Patron tab. Next week on the show, we'll have part one of my chat with actress Nori Victoria.
2: I really honestly feel like I'm in this business to help be the ambassador for other people's emotions. Help people feel things that they otherwise would not be able to feel because I know what that's like. I feel like drama is a healing art. Um, and no matter where you are, you're in your life drama can
0: reach you where you are thanks for listening everybody until next time i'm trevor algatz
1: and i'm aj meyer we'll see you next week and in the meantime Kitty. kitty